welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 16, is co-sleeping with my breastfed baby bad. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for coming to spend time with me and hang out, whether you are folding laundry, breastfeeding your baby, driving in the car, whatever you're doing. I so appreciate you tuning in. I am having a great day. I just went to the park for a couple of hours with my puppy and my almost five-year-old. He's turning five at the end of this month. And it's just a beautiful day. It's high 70s where I live and the sun is shining and it's just like the most perfect weather you can imagine. My oldest girls are back in school all day, still four days a week, and the schools have not shut down during COVID, (laughs) which I am so happy about because they really love going to school, learning from their teachers, and being able to see their friends and be with their friends. So it's just a good just a good start to the week and I hope that you are having a great start to your week as well. I recently did a poll on my Instagram at Breezy Babies and I asked how many of my followers were first time moms. Now I'm up to about 5,000, a little over 5,000 followers at the time of this recording And I was so surprised because out of those about 5,300 followers, exactly half were pregnant with their first baby. That was really surprising to me. Not just pregnant mamas, but pregnant with their first baby. Exactly 10 years ago, I was pregnant with my first. I was about 26 weeks. She was born in January. And it was so weird to look back at that picture from 10 years ago from when I was pregnant with my first. Oh my gosh, I have learned so much since then. I did not prepare well with my first baby, really did not prepare well at all. I just went into it thinking, oh, I'm a nurse. I know what I'm doing. I did not know what I was doing at all. I don't know why I thought I knew what I was doing. I didn't take a childbirthing course. I didn't take a breastfeeding course. I had a couple of baby showers and I got loads and loads of swaddle blankets and darling little baby clothes and got a stroller and a baby uh, car seat. I didn't even have, I almost said a baby carrier, like a wrap, but I didn't even get one of those. That would have been smart, but I didn't even know about baby wearing. I didn't know about even what to expect going in to have a baby. I just thought, oh, my nurses and my doctor, they all know what they're doing and they'll just tell me what to do. I knew I wanted to breastfeed and I did, but 
I had read something that told me my baby should only eat every three hours. And that in my mind, I just thought my baby should sleep at night as well. (laughs) That was not the case. My baby wanted to eat sooner than every three hours. And I remember I would just get so mad and so angry every time she would cry before the three hour mark, which looking back is so, so silly. I was not putting in an order for a great milk supply and it didn't help that my hospital sent me home with two huge packages of formula. Although, I mean, there really was no reason why I needed formula. I was breastfeeding and my nurse was just trying to be nice and helpful and it ended up not being so helpful because we would feed that formula and I wouldn't feed my baby before the three hour mark. And as you can imagine, that was not great for my milk supply. Oh, so you may be listening to this, whether you're pregnant with your first or your second or your third and be thinking, Oh, why didn't I know this sooner? I wish I could go back and redo things. It's okay. You are learning all this information at the perfect point where you need to learn it. For me now, Um, my purpose is to look back and help all of you who are going through this so that I can help remove some of those bumps in the road when they come up. Some of those bumps that I hit real hard (laughs) as a young mom, even with my second baby, there was things I did that I would have changed. And even with my third, there's things that I've learned in these past four or five years that I would now do differently. But that's okay. My kids still are amazing and they turned out great and they all received some amount of formula, others more than my first, definitely more than the others. And they all are just brilliant and smart and beautiful and your kids are going to be the exact same as well. I just know it. Now I touched on in the beginning how I kind of expected my baby to sleep through the night. I just thought that I could train her to do what I wanted, (laughs) do what I needed, and that I could get her sleeping through the night from an early age. Now that's, first of all, not a great plan, especially for a newborn, especially because I didn't have a great milk supply and I wasn't feeding often enough through the day. So for me to expect my baby to sleep all night, um, would not have been a safe plan. It would not have been a good plan. And so I want to present to you a topic that comes up a lot, kind of behind the scenes, um, kind of almost secretly because moms are nervous to ask about sleeping with their baby because there's many healthcare providers. There's even entire states in the United States where I live where sleeping with your baby is viewed as very negative and very frowned upon. But the truth is most mamas are sleeping with their babies because Think about this for one second. 
your baby has been inside your belly for an entire nine months. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but either way, your baby's been in there for a long time. She's been right next to you, as close to you as possibly can be inside of you. In fact, she has been able to smell you, to feel you, to hear you for that long. Doesn't it seem a little silly to expect your baby to be born and then to just be able to lay across the room in her own bed and be able to sleep on her own? It seems silly, right? Plus, babies' bellies are so tiny when they're born. They're about the size of a shooter marble or a grape tomato. That is very tiny. They cannot hold a lot of volume. So babies need to be fed frequently. Also, going back to thinking about when your baby was inside the womb, inside your belly, your baby was connected to an umbilical cord. They were getting chuckarama buffet around the clock. All the food they need, all the nutrients they need, everything coming in 24-7 right there. Now your little baby is having to figure out life in this new world, this big world. And part of the way that they are wired with not only their little tummy, but also with your baby just wanting to be near you and wanting to be close to you, doesn't it just make so much sense that babies come out needing to feed frequently? They need not only those calories, but they also just want to be close to you. They still want to hear you. They still want to smell you. They still want to taste you. All of those things, your baby's happy place is right there next to you. So the topic of this podcast today is co-sleeping. Now, like I said, this is a little bit of a taboo subject. And of course I do have to tell you that it's always best to talk with your own Uh, your own healthcare provider. I am not your healthcare provider. I am not here to give you medical advice. I am not even your own personal nurse. I am just here to present you some research that has been done and just tell you about some normal newborn habits and present to you information so that you can take that and apply it to your life to the best of your ability. Of course, there may be things that I say on this podcast that you're like, oh, that's not for me. That's totally fine. Again, this is your life. You know what's best for you and your baby. I have just found that a lot of families feel very stuck and very nervous to talk about this subject. So I just want to bring a little bit of light onto this subject and help provide you with some information so that you can make the best decision for your family. Okay, so I'm going to talk through three different tips with you when it comes to safe co-sleeping with your baby. The first tip I want to tell you is actually just the name of a healthcare provider. His name is Dr. James McKenna. Now, this doctor is the leading expert on co-sleeping and how to do it safely. He has an excellent website with a, um, a question page on this topic, but simply put, co-sleeping can be done very safely and breastfeeding moms can get more rest at night when co-sleeping is practiced. And come on, what mom doesn't want 
more sleep. (laughs) I don't think there's any of you out there listening to this that are saying, no, no, I don't want more sleep. No, we all want more sleep. Even though my kids are older, I want more sleep every single night. My kids every night do not want to go to bed. They are bouncing off the walls and all I want to do is just go to bed. (laughs) If I could take a nap every day, that would be great. And my kids just hate to sleep. It's so crazy and so silly. I feel like we should absolutely be switching places. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to Dr. McKenna's webpage where you can look at these frequently asked questions. But one that I want to tell you about, which is super cool, is they actually did a study that compared moms who bed shared with their babies and moms who slept by themselves. And what they found is that all the mothers, first of all, underestimated how many times they woke up to breastfeed by as much as 50%. So when they took these two moms and they compared the two, after a night of sleeping, the moms that bed shared, that co-slept with their baby, 84% of them said they had good or enough sleep when only 64% of the moms who slept alone said that they had good or enough sleep. So this is interesting for a lot of reasons. I talk a lot about breastfeeding, obviously, and teach about breastfeeding and how moms who breastfeed, they actually get more sleep overall. So in the first month, um, studies show that moms who are breastfeeding get less sleep overall and moms who are bottle feeding get more sleep. But what happens after that first month is those moms change places. And here's why, because when you're bottle feeding, you have to get up, you have to prepare the bottle, you have to put in the water and then put in the powder and mix it up and warm it up, feed your baby, burp your baby, get your baby back to sleep, put yourself back to sleep. (laughs) And the cool thing about breastfeeding is that when you breastfeed, you actually release hormones not only to your baby, but also you release hormones in your own body as well, which help you get back to sleep faster. And the cool thing about feeding your baby while you're in bed is that you literally can just hook them up and feed them without even having to get up, go to the nursery, sit in your chair, hook up your baby, put your baby to sleep, put yourself back to sleep. I mean, can you already see how if you're just right there together in bed, you just hook up your baby and you can fall back asleep. So definitely check out this frequently asked questions um, page for Dr. James McKenna. You're going to find so much good information on here. I kind of already talked about tip number two. I got a little ahead of myself, but tip number two is sideline position. Have you done this yet? (laughs) If you haven't, let me tell you about the sideline position. I did not know that sideline was even a position with my first baby. I did not figure this out. I did not even try this until my second baby. And I thought, oh my gosh, why did I not do this before? This has absolutely changed my life for the better. (laughs) So the sideline position is a secret weapon for more rest at night. And 
listen, this can be done with or without co-sleeping. For myself, I generally did not spend the whole night with my baby in the bed. I kept my babies in a bassinet right next to my bed. So what I preferred to do is that if I heard my baby, um, you know, starting to wake up, starting to move around, I would just pop them out of their bassinet and I would hook them up in the side lying position and I would fall back asleep. And I would just doze off. I wouldn't go back into a deep sleep, but when I would kind of come to, I would notice that my baby was done feeding on that side. So I'd flip over to the other side, hook baby back up, doze back off again. And then when I would kind of come to, I would notice, oh, baby's done feeding. (laughs) Maybe we do a diaper change, some burping, you know, whatever else we need to do. But then baby was back off to bed you know, had already fallen asleep when we were um, laying right next to each other. So that's what I preferred to do. Now for you, you may want to just keep your baby in bed with you all night long. Or you may be listening to this and you may be thinking, no, actually my baby's going to stay in the nursery and that's going to work great for us. Totally fine as well. Again, you take from this what works well for you and you apply it to your life and you're going to be just fine. I just want to suggest trying out the sideline position because anytime that you try out a new breastfeeding position, it feels tricky at first. It feels a little awkward. It feels a little weird, but the more you practice it, the better you get. If you don't know how to do side lying, what you do is if you are laying on your right side in bed, you could put your right arm under your pillow. Your baby is going to be facing you. You're still going to be belly to belly. You don't want to be rolling away from each other. So for me, since I had um, smaller breasts, what I would do is I would put a pillow behind my back so that I wouldn't roll away at all. So me and my baby could stay together and fit together as close as possible, like puzzle pieces. And my baby would be laying on her left side. And that's the way that we would do the side lying position. It's really so easy to, the only important part is that you're just fitting together like a puzzle and staying close and not rolling away from each other and having a lot of space in between the two of you. Again, if you don't want to keep your baby in bed with you all night, then you can doze off in this position, switch to the other breast, then put your baby back in the bassinet next to your bed or back in the nursery when you're done. But I, Again, another option is to keep your baby in bed with you all night. Preferences will be different from family to family, but did you know that the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends keeping your baby in the same room as you until one year of age? Now, if you can't make it until one year, then try for six months. But the reason for this is for decreased chance of sudden infant death syndrome, also known as SIDS. So again, take this information and do what works well for you and your family. Tip number three is if you do co-sleep, I want you to be doing safe co-sleeping. There are some things to be careful about when it comes to sleeping with your baby in your bed. That would include not co-sleeping after smoking or drinking alcohol or taking medications that make you drowsy. If you are, um, like I said, intoxicated, 
if you are have taken anything that is making you sleepy or drowsy, then co-sleeping is not going to be a safe option for you. You want to try and avoid loose blankets and bedding, especially near your baby's face. You only want to co-sleep on a bed, not on a couch where your baby could become wedged in. Again, if you are following safe co-sleeping methods, then you can totally safely co-sleep with your baby. Again, only do this if it's something that you feel comfortable and good about and you feel like it will be a good fit for you and your family. So what do you think? Does co-sleeping sound like a good fit for you? Maybe not. What I hope you learned from this episode more than anything is that this is an option. In studies, they have found that most families lie. (laughs) They lie to their pediatrician when asked where their baby sleeps because they are afraid, they are scared to tell their pediatrician that that their baby sleeps in bed with them because they are nervous about being shamed or about being told that it's unsafe when really that's the only way for them to calm their baby and to soothe their baby while also getting good rest and good sleep themselves. So if this sounds like you and you have been nervous about co-sleeping, if you didn't know it was a safe option, hopefully this gives you a little bit more clarity, some good resources where you can go and find more information on co-sleeping and how to do it safely. I will link over to the expert, which is Dr. James McKenna. He's amazing. I have actually met him in person at a lactation conference and so grateful for healthcare providers who are out there advocating for parents, for breastfeeding parents, and knowing that sometimes things are a little bit different for families. And sometimes we're not serving families by just telling them don't sleep with your baby ever, 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 because families are sleeping with their babies. So what's more important to teach is how to safely do it. And that is going to better serve you than to just tell you to not do it at all ever. Phew. Okay. Did you love this? Are you feeling good and confident? That is always my goal with this podcast is leaving you feeling good and confident. Of course, I have to leave you by saying you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are a good friend to all. Have a good day, mama. You are amazing. 